Hi, Karen. I'm thrilled to see you today. I'm so happy we're doing this. Katie, always wonderful to see you. Happy Friday. Happy Monday. Happy April showers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, April showers. Okay. So this week it did actually rain and bend and I kind of loved it. I was like, this is such a nice excuse to be inside. And then it was followed by a 75 degree day, which was beautiful. And today's now back to 30. I don't know. I'm not loving spring this year. I will say I'm a little bit of a Scrooge. I just want it to be warm again. Definitely not loving spring and definitely having the same feeling we all have every year when the seasons change, like, Oh, right, 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 right. Like I, I have been looking forward to the month of April for six months, forgetting that April fucking sucks. April sucks. March and April need to just like get off the calendar. I'm not, I'm not a fan for people who are living in warm climates. I'm so happy for you. And I get that that probably might not translate for you, but for us in the four seasons world, mm. no, in the Northern hemisphere, no, it's some bullshit. And you know, I know a lot of people with birthdays in March and April. I'm not talking about you. So glad you were born. Yes. Very. I think the universe for the month of months of March and April for you, but also let's just acknowledge that this is shitty. It's super (laughs) shitty. It's like, I really would be fine with March and April if we could fast forward at 1.5 X, like, (laughs) like on podcasts, you know, like you can, you can listen to podcasts really fast. I'm fine. If we like have like four hour days, four hour nights. It's really awkward, but then all of a sudden, boom, it's May 1st. Sweet. Oh my God. (laughs) If on your calendar, you had like that little button that like advances you 15 seconds. You're like, let's just, you know, let's just skip the next couple hours. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then there's the memes of Justin Timberlake of it's going to be May on, which I'm like, (laughs) have you ever seen those? So in sync friends, like back in the day. So there's a song called Actually, I don't know. There's a song that says it's going to be May. I'm not going to imitate it, but Justin Timberlake says it and maybe I'll imitate it someday. But anyway, it's all the rage all over my Instagram on May 1st. So I'm fine with that happening, but no, it's not going to happen for another 22 days. Sweet. So yeah. yeah. Here we are. Um, but yes, I will say that my week has been decent with the exception of going rock climbing on Monday. So I know I've talked to you about this, Karen, but I went to Salt Lake city to visit my sister, who is an expert, um, extreme sports person a couple weeks ago. It was really fun. And one of her sports is rock climbing. And she usually climbs like actual rocks, like crazy cliffs that are absolutely terrifying. It's just like, I mean, good for her, but also not like terror. It scares the shit out of me. She's a very safe person, but still anyway. And so she was like, Hey, do you want to try climbing in a gym? And I was like, sure. So we go climbing in this gym and it was like euphoric. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. I'm going to be an expert climber. I'm never going to leave a gym ever. I'm like, not that big, but like, I will always love rock climbing at gym. So I was like, this is awesome. So I get to bend on Monday of this week. I'm like, great. I'm going to go by myself. I like scoped out the rock gym. I was like, this is awesome. So I go and I'm there for like 40 minutes and I'm pretty sure I pulled something oh, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> significant in my arms. My forearms are on fire and I, today's Friday and I went on Monday and I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, it makes me sad because I didn't actually feel this bad when I went with Christy. 
but I think that I probably should watch some YouTube videos about safety measures. That would be smart versus my usual, which is just like, fucking do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be an expert immediately with no training. So yeah, there's well, right. you- also 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And you did it once and you had a great time. There's no reason to believe that you wouldn't just keep doing it and have a great time. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then I look around and I'm like, all of these women are jacked. I want to be jacked. Like I want to be, I want to be ripped. Like I've never been ripped. And I'm like, do I care about being ripped? And I'm like, yes, I do fucking care. And so like, then I'm like all these like 18 year old women with seriously, like, I mean, they could be bodybuilders. And like, I'm just like, that looks so cool. And they just like scale the wall, like a gecko. And I'm like, that's going to be me. And <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like icing my forearms for five days <laughs> sweet oh my god nailing it as soon as you said like a gecko what popped <laughs> into my head was me like a sloth like what's the opposite of one of those like skittery like I can just picture these like ripped women just like whipping up these rocks and I'm just thinking about me hanging out at the bottom in the harness not moving just like eh like this sounded good until we got here. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to hang out. I'll wear the harness, but I won't go up. Correct. I'm just <laughs> actually, I'm really enjoying this sensation of just kind of swinging here. I'm assuming you swing in some way. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Well, okay. So that's another part. So this, I know I'm going real deep on rock climbing, but like basically there. So when I went with Christy, she does the belaying at the bottom. So she has like the, which basically means that she's like holding sort of, she has like a machine tied to her belt that is holding the rope. So like, it's pretty much impossible for me to get for me to fall and die. So like, that's a great insurance policy. And so like the, but if you go by yourself, there's something called an auto belay, which is basically kind of like a yo-yo at the top of the like 60 feet up that had, it's a machine and it's like, you clip it into your harness and then you climb, climb, climb. And it feels like you're being belayed by a human being, but you're not, it's a machine at the top. So then when you're ready to come off the wall, you have to just let go let go. And then the machine just slowly lowers you, but there is like a millisecond of like a free fall when the machine has to click in and realize, Oh, she's falling. Now I'm going to, I'm going to slow her down. And so that part was a mind fuck because like you, there's no other way to go by yourself. You have to have a partner. And like, I don't, I mean, I went to this climbing gym, Karen, and like there are conservatively 30 kids under the age of 10 who are beasts like they are like owning this i'm like damn dude like they have no fear at all and like they they're auto belaying no problem they're just like jumping off the wall and like just coming down real slow and everything's great and i'm like oh my god i go up four feet off the ground and i'm like i'm gonna die and so i decide to climb down which is real awkward like you can't really climb down very easily and it's like it's actually really scary and so then i'm like okay, I'll, I'll jump down from two feet up. Cause I guess maybe I'll only twist my ankle. And so, so then I like jump down and I catch my, like the, the belay machine catches me. And I'm like, Oh, that actually wasn't so bad. So then I turned to this guy next to me. Who's not one of the six-year-olds. And he's like, probably, I don't know, 60 something. And he's pretty fit, but like he, I'm like, Hey, so this is my first time auto belaying. Like, um, you know, I'm terrified. And he's like, well, there's no guarantees, but it's much safer than car driving. And I'm like, that's not helpful at all. I didn't say that, but I was like, doesn't help me in any way. And so then I'm like, okay, 
So I could die. This machine could just crap out on me. You know, what are the chances? Anyway, long story short, long story longer, really. Um, I just decide to just say fuck it all. And I went up and I did it and I'm glad I did it, but also not so glad because I definitely pulled a few things in my arms. So what are you going to do? That was my week. I'm so glad you did it. I'm sorry. You heard that. I don't like that part. Uh, do you think you'll do it again? Yes, for sure. Right on. Here's the thing. Okay. So I am not an adrenaline junkie, like in any way, like at all, like I, I'm not competitive. I don't actually like competitive sports. Like I, like I was a runner in high school on the cross country team and I swam also. And I would just like really go in the back and just like make friends with the opposing team and like chit chat when we were like running. And my coach would be so annoyed. Like this, you're in a race, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> never cared. I never cared. But like, this is like, it's so it's impossible not to have your adrenaline spike. It's like, oh my God, like I could actually die. And so like, for some reason I'm into that. I don't know why. And so like, at least these two times I'll report back if I ever do it again. But anyway, that's my report on rock climbing. Thank you for that. As someone who is petrified of heights. I enjoyed the opportunity to live vicariously through you and like see your excitement about it, knowing there is no way in hell I am ever, <laughs> ever doing. That. So really? I had no idea you were afraid of heights. Oh yeah. No. I mean, in a way that's like really probably like debilitating. Like, yeah, no, I'm never, oh. no, I'm, I, yeah. Huh. I'm so sorry. Can you go on like balconies and stuff? I have friends like this. They can't go on balconies. Like the, it scares the shit out of them. Like for real. I, I can do it. I had a balcony. I I used to live on the 22nd floor, which oh, is probably yeah. more like the 25th floor of a high rise downtown. And we had a balcony and I would go out there, but I wasn't like chilling out there. Right. Like, yeah, I wasn't bending over the edge trying to wave at people or shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I came home all excited from Salt Lake city telling Tyler about this on the way home from the airport. And I'm like, we could go together. It would be great. And I don't think he had the heart to tell me that like, he wasn't going to do that. Cause he's like you, he's absolutely petrified of heights, petrified. And it's like a phobia. Like it's like, it's some, it's like a very like a physical experience for him. And so I, then I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to go rock climbing by myself. I told him this last weekend before I went on Monday and I was like, would you be interested? I'm going to go after work on Monday. And he's like, no. And I was like, really? And he's like, are you mad? And I'm like, <sighs> and of course I was mad. I was like, uh, because I just think we should be one person, but not really. But anyway, the thing is, is like, you should agree with everything I say is basically what I really wanted to say, but I didn't. Instead I said, no, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. And he's like, thank you. I appreciate that. And then he walked away and I was like, that was functional. I think that was good. I think I did the right thing there. <laughs> and then I furiously texted my sister about how pissed I was and I feel better about it now. <laughs> so realness. <laughs> my God, that was functional. I love that. I mean, <laughs> if you, if whatever you've just done makes you mad, you've probably done the right thing. <laughs> yes. Probably. Oh, it sucked. Yeah, it's probably the right. Damn thing it. <laughs> it is probably the right. Thing to, do. <laughs> to think of their feelings. Damn it. Humaning is hard. Humaning is so hard. It is so hard. I had multiple people write me over the over the past week that they're very much into the sweatband, the humaning sweatband. Yes. 
I'm, I'm on it. I, I regret to say that I have not yet looked it up, but I will, I will. I think it will be an amazing piece of merch for our yes. live events, <laughs> but yes, Karen, how was the drive home? Cause you're now in Chicago. Everyone who had heard last yes. week's you were in Sheffield. So now you are, you're back with your kitties. Right. Exactly. Very excited to be home. I had a wonderful drive back. I have to say it took a little longer than it usually does. So usually the drive from Sheffield to Chicago is 10 hours. This was like closer to 11 and a half, but I had great. I know I made this great playlist on Spotify and I did not realize that Spotify would do this, but after the playlist was over, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have 12 hours worth of music in this playlist, but so Spotify just started spitting songs out at me that it thought I would like based on what was on the playlist. And it got me almost all the way home. I am. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I am. I will just tell you that the, (laughs) I made a breakup music playlist. I feel like this is a tradition for me. And I realized that I hadn't made one. I recently went through a breakup and, um, I put like some of the, like, I feel like they're just some classic breakout, break, breakout, break up songs that you have to put on every plate. Right. And it, so it was just fun to like go through them. And then I added new ones and thought of new ones. And so it was really, I know it sounds like kind of depressing, but actually it's a really good playlist, you guys. And it sounds great. Oh my God. A lot of different genres. Yeah. Cause every genre of music has the, like, I think the only country song I have on there is before he cheats. Carrie nice. Underwood. Yeah. I but, don't think I know that one, but I definitely oh, looked it up. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four wheel drive. Carved Ooh, my name damn. into his leather seats. Oh my God. She fucks up his car. It's so good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like such a great breakup song, like a perfect breakup song. Oh my God. And I know it's not the, exactly the same time, but I feel like, so there's that, which is like a country, country tinged. And then there's, um, Bust the Windows, which is Jasmine Solomon, which is R&B, which is about the same thing. Like you cheated on me. I'm about to fuck up your car. And it's just wonderful to have those two back to back. That's so amazing. I also feel like long solo road trips are so therapeutic. They're so great. Like I've, I've driven from Bend to San Francisco by myself and I loved it. I mean, it's only eight hours, so it's not 11 and a half, but still it's like, Oh man, open road. The best part is when I have no reception. So I can't call anybody. I can't like, there's a whole section of like two and a half hours where I'm in the mountains and it's just like, no, it's just me and Spotify and that's it. Yes. Oh, it really is great. great. Yeah. No, I really, I, I didn't realize how much I needed that like focused time to myself and that there are portions of that drive that are really beautiful. Nice. Especially this time of year, things are blooming. It's really hilly. They're like bluffs and it's just lovely. Um, and then there's lovely parts of that drive are lovely period. And then there's Indiana. <laughs> just, just a fucking shithole from tip to tip. Just, there's nothing great about it. Nothing oh, good about it. Gosh. Arable fucking drive. That's right. And you have to, do you have to drive through Gary or do you cut over before no. Gary? Oh, you no, do. No, no. You go through Gary. The I mean, that drive you drive the entire length of the state of Indiana. Oh, damn. Yeah. Is it a lot of cornfields? Is that what it is? Or like I don't some know what Costco's with like <laughs> <laughs> both. I don't know what Maybe the a home going. <laughs> right. There's a one outlet mall. It's always, that always tempts me. Yeah. Um, I know this is a controversial yet brave statement. There, there's a field, there's a section where they have those 
is there turbines? They're like wind turbines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are the scariest, eeriest, most fucked up things ever. I hate that part of that drive, especially mm. at night. They've got weird lights on. Like I just, it just freaks me out. And I, I've driven that drive with somebody who was just like, oh, the turbines. I love this part. And I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Why do you like wind turbines? I mean, they're absolutely colossal. That's the one thing about wind turbines. The ones that I've seen are down near like Los Angeles. If you drive south on like the 101 or on the five, there's tons of wind turbine farms. That's like a thing. And so I've seen them and I know what you're talking about. And it's like, how is this a thing? Like, it's just, yeah, it's very, I mean, I know wind energy and all of the sustainable stuff, but still I get it, especially at night. I've never seen them at night. That would be kind of creepy. God. Oh my God. Because they're still going. Yeah. They have to be lit really well. Oh my God. Like lit, not lit from the bottom or lit from the top, but like they have like flashing red lights and they're oh. in, you know, the lights are in unison across, you know, however many dozens of them. They are. Oh my God. It freaks me out. <laughs> I wonder if the lights are for like trying to deter birds or something. Planes or drones? Or oh, pla- drones! Shit, planes! Oh God! I mean, I don't know. Birds. I, I think know. a lot of birds do get hit by those things. I don't know. I think they do too. That's really depressing. <sighs> Poor birds. Wow. I don't know how we got here, but Indiana. <laughs> Indiana's how we got here. Um, Indiana. Yes, I I had a great drive, and I am, of course am planning to go back soon. And it also like made me realize that like. I've only had a car for, again, for six months. And it also made me realize like how much I really like road trips and that that is totally can be a thing this summer. And that I have some trips planned with uh, things within driving distance. So that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. I need to do more driving stuff. Like Bend is so isolated, but it's like, it's three hours to Portland. Why not just go there for a weekend? Who cares? You know? Yeah. Why not? That's really cool that you have stuff planned. That's wonderful. Thank you. of of course I'm not okay the podcast is brought to you by no like for really for real y'all uh rebellious magazine for women's 10th anniversary campaign which is currently running on indiegogo by the time you hear this episode we'll have like 25 days to go we are trying to raise five thousand dollars to cover our expenses if you love this podcast if you love rebellious if you love katie or you love me please consider donating everything helps even a dollar helps us so this is a for real sponsor slot you guys katie i am sure you will put a link to the indiegogo campaign in this description box thank you in advance for your support and i love this topic oh my gosh please kick it off if you're interested because i just feel like there's no way to segue into this but i exactly (laughs) that's okay so I uh, was having a conversation with some folks yesterday and we just started talking about religion and spirituality and it happened very naturally, this, this conversation. Um, and it made me realize that I have friends who are religious or spiritual and we don't talk about it. And I think the way I described it to you earlier was like, oh, I have people in my life who are really important to me who participate in organized religion who are not shitty and not shitty about it. And just a really amazing people and some of my favorite people on earth and just it just hearing them talk about it made me realize that it's this part of their lives that I don't really know anything about and I'll just tell you like I have a friend who told us that he converted to Catholicism in his 20s and it was just like wait what (laughs) like that (laughs) totally does not match my image of you right but yeah so it was a really 
was an interesting conversation and it made me realize that it would be something that would be fun to talk about with you, Katie. So I love this. I love this. Thank you for bringing this up. And I think the topic of not knowing who, what your friend's religions are and like how important they are is actually something that I didn't even know how important that was until maybe like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. So my story with that is that like, I have a lot of close friends who are Hindu in the Bay area. And one of them was the officiant at my wedding. And my wedding was very, um, it was non-denominational. Like Tyler and I both do not practice any religions. Um, although I have like somewhat of a Christian ish background with my family, which I can get into. And he has a very like strict Southern Baptist, um, background with his, which is also Christian, I guess that's yeah. Both Christian. And anyway, <laughs> right. Isn't is Baptist Christian? Is that horrible? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know so little about religion. Oh my God. So okay. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the answer is yes though. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thousand percent. <laughs> They're oh all about Jesus. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, all right. So here's the thing. So that guy that married us, he got married himself, maybe like, I think it was maybe like five or six years ago and had an enormous Hindu Indian wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. And we were there for like multiple parts of it. And what really got me, Karen, was that like, there were so many traditions and so many things that were entirely intensely religious in this experience. And like though, like him and his wife, who I'm very close with, both of them were very, very like reverent of like they were like this was extremely important to them and it really opened up a conversation around like I didn't even know this part of you like I had no idea I've been friends with you for 10 years before you even got married or even met your person and it's like oh my gosh like this is it's just interesting to me how religion just doesn't come up like at all ever like I don't actually think it ever comes up for me and that's maybe not everyone's experience but it's definitely mine because I don't practice any Absolutely. Yes. And same. It doesn't, it doesn't come up for me really at all. I mean, I, my mother is very religious. And so we have conversations about her struggles with her church. It's very dramatic, but yes, in my daily life doesn't come up. And I think being in Alabama also, it came up a lot for me. And I was obviously in church. I I'll tell that story later and, and got prayed on a lot (laughs) in my three weeks in Alabama. Yes. Like there was a lot of praying because everybody and their mama and my family is a minister or a pastor. Right. And so there was, you know, just a lot of impromptu were standing in the living room. Let's all pray. I got prayed, you know, prayed over that my trip would go safely. Like, right. There was just a lot of it. And yeah. So I, it was, that was another reason it was very top of mind for me right now how was that experience for you? Like not coming from a place where you don't have much religion to going to one that's like for three weeks, that's a lot. That's a big indoctrination, I would think. And it wasn't constant. Like my family's not, they're not, I don't want to paint them as like super crazy religious. They're religious, right? They're, they're they're Christians, right? It's part of their lives. The praying was a lot, you know, um, it was the way that I came to think about it actually is that I came to think of it as meditation that mm, like praying that. is it's the it's you're generating the same energy like you're the idea that you are closing your eyes and surrendering to something and trying to generate some kind of positive energy or asking the universe or god if you believe in them for something or for peace or for whatever it is it's very similar and so yeah. i 
that's how it ended up striking me. And I, I eventually came to like, there is absolutely not, there is not enough of, of that kind of like, let's all stand around in a circle and hold hands and generate positive energy. Like when you think of it about it like that, it's like, there's not enough of that in the world. Totally. There, it's such a beautiful thing. And I love that you're equating it to meditation because I can totally get on board with that as well. I mean, I think that I struggle with the idea of organized religion for a variety of reasons, but I also feel like I don't at all struggle with spirituality where it's like, I love meditating. I love believing in the power of the universe, believing in signs, believing in that kind of stuff. And I think there is, there is a thread though, to organize religion within all of that, it seems. It's really interesting that you make that connection. Yeah, that's really, it's what it felt like for me because it was, I did feel peaceful, right? Yeah. When people were praying, right? And it didn't matter that I don't believe what these people believe. So yes, yes. you're totally right. I do, I honestly do think there's a thread. And, you know, I think so much of, and maybe just the thread is that so much of organized religion is based on people's practices that were based on their real lives and their real experiences. And people developed stories to explain things they didn't understand. And we all have all of that inside us, regardless of how we were raised. Yes. That's so true. And it's also like, I've often looked to church communities, like just thought about them in a way that's like so comforting. Like I would like the idea of like the, the church communities that I've at least seen are mostly on Tyler's side of the family. So like when, when his grandmother was born or when, when she was alive, she also lived in Sheffield, which is crazy that we have that connection, but we would go to her church. And so she, she had her 90th birthday, for example, this is many years ago. And it was at her church and it was so heartwarming. Like all of these people from all different parts of her life were coming. And, you know, it was just, it's like, but then she also talked about how like, oh, she's going to see them in three days because they're going to have a Bible study. And then she's going to see them. Like she'll, she would see these people three times a week, like normally, like this was just, and it was this constant in her life and this constant, like feeling of belonging that like was so beautiful. And like, definitely there were negatives as well, because like one of the biggest things that she liked to do, and honestly, I really, really loved his grandmother. So I'm not trying to speak negatively of her, but there was a lot of like talking about other people at church and what they're doing and what their lives are. And like, oh, yeah, in not always the most favorable way. <laughs> so like that was intense. Oh yeah. No, there's a, this is blasphemous, but I'm gonna say it. There's a, a book of the Bible is talking shit. Like that really? is like, no, totally not. I'm just saying like, that is <laughs> like, that is, I don't know any church community where you don't talk shit, no matter how loving and everything you're describing. Yes. There is also an element of like, I can't believe she wore that. Did you see how much she gave to the offering? I get, you know, there's just like, there's so oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. And like in my in-laws case, which this is, I really hope they don't hear this podcast and I don't think they will, but they don't, they're still in, they're now in South Carolina, not in Alabama, but they, they're in a retirement community. And I swear to God, there's something that is a carryover there because their Facebook group within their retirement community is a church group. Like it's like every, and it's, it's not a church group, but it's like, they're talking about each other in that way. And there's like, you know, but it's also this beautiful sense of belonging. They really love it. And it's actually like really helping with like loneliness and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And there's this other side of it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'll share my personal experience with religion. So I grew up in a household where 
dad, I know you're listening. And, um, yeah, I I'll just say it. So like my dad was going to be a a priest, a Catholic priest. And so he was going to go to seminary school. This is obviously a very long time ago. Um, and I don't know if I have this entirely correct. So sorry, dad, if I don't, but my grandmother was extremely religious. Like she went to church every single day of her entire life. Like she was like, she like walked to church with her, with her girlfriends and this, like, you know, she was extremely devout Catholic. And, um, and so my dad was an altar boy and really enjoyed the experience and like grew up in the church. And he thought about becoming a priest and he ended up going away from the church after learning more about, I think like about science and about evolution and about like, he was trying to question things. And so he went the way opposite way and became a doctor and decided like, never again, am I going to go to church? So meanwhile, he meets my mom. My mom grew up kind of Unitarian sort of, but not really. And like, maybe went to church a few times they met and my mom was like, we, and then they moved to downstate uh, Michigan, which is where I was born. So then, so now I'm like, okay, five or six, something along those lines. And my mom is like, I think we need to put the kids into a church. My dad is like, yeah, no, I'm not having any part of this. Like, this is not like you do what you want. You do you, but I'm not like, he was like, absolutely not. And so it was my mom's choice to like, she was trying to figure out like, okay, well, what church should we go to? Like, because the town that I grew up in in Michigan is pretty much almost exclusively Catholic. There are Presbyterian churches and Methodist churches and uh, probably one or two Baptist churches, but like, I would say 80%, at least when I was growing up of people were Catholic. And so, so I had a lot of friends going through confirmation and catechism and the whole thing. And so I don't think my mom ever took us to a Catholic church, but we did like musical chairs of churches for my entire childhood. Yeah. Wait, what? So like for a few months we would be Methodist and then for a few months we would be Presbyterian. Not, I'm not joking. And like for, and I thought it was cool. I was like, this is so fun, but it was a little confusing because I was just like, I don't know where I am. Like, I'm not sure. And like, my sister wasn't even born yet. Like it would have been, well, actually she probably was, but she would have been a baby. Anyway, the point is, is that like, I would meet all these fun groups of kids and I'm like, this is cool. Like, but then I'm also like, what am I? I don't know. Like it was very confusing. So finally she settled on this Unitarian Universalist church, which is, um, I'm not going to say this correctly. And I know my mom is also listening, but like, and I wish I could explain what Unitarianism is. It's a very old religion. It's, you know, it's, I think there's, it's based in Christianity, but like, it's not, we, we, I think there isn't really like a, um, association with the Bible as much, not like a direct association there. are. It's kind of like the refugee church for people who are in other religions who are like kind of done, but still want to be an organized religion. I'll say that. Yes. So, so like my grandmother, for example, grew up strict apostolic Lutheran, and that is a normal thing for like people from like the Nordic countries. This is very broadly speaking in like the 18, 19, early 19, like 1900s. And so when she came over, like they're like her entire community in Northern Michigan, they're all apostolic Lutherans and a lot of them are still. And so she didn't want to do that. And she didn't want to raise her kids like that. Anyway, the point is, is that I then started going to Unitarian churches when I was like 12. And that's basically where I would go to, but here's the thing, Karen, like I would walk, this is my recollection of going to Unitarian churches was you walk in, everyone's like very friendly, have a piece of cake. You sit down, the minister's about to talk. And then the minister's like, would anyone like to share? That's what the, that's the first thing they say. And then people raise their hand 
many people, like this could go on for like half an hour. People raise their hand. They're like, I'm really sad today because my husband filed for divorce and everyone would be like, we're really sorry. And then someone else would be like, I got like a fourth grader would stand up and be like, I'm super excited because I got an A on my test. And like they, and it's just all of this like community building. And it was actually very heartwarming. Like it was like, people are just being vulnerable and being honest in like a very public setting. And so it was a good experience. But then by the time I was probably like 16, I was like, yeah, peace out. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm not, and my mom wasn't forcing me. And so I didn't go anymore. So anyway, that's my experience in church. It's interesting. It's It's really interesting. I don't know anybody who has that, like, we're just going to view master flip from religion to religion. That is fascinating. The musical chairs. Oh, and then the thing is, is that, so my dad still, I mean, he would, he would be open to talking about things, but he was not going to step foot in a church. Well, there were a few instances where I would go to like a funeral or something. I remember going to a funeral is sad, but like it would be in high school probably. And it was a Catholic funeral. And I went and I, he was asking me about it later. And I was like, yeah, there was this part where we all like lined up and like we ate a wafer and drank <laughs> wine. And he's like, Katie, oh my God. And I was like, what? He's like, you did, you, you did the, is that confirmation? I know that's not it's what com- the, the, it's communion. 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 You're not, which you're not supposed to do in a Catholic church. If you are not that, wait, what is it? Confirmed? Uh, is that what it is? Or baptized? Is it confirmed, baptized or con- wait? There's another C word. Oh my gosh! Shit. People are listening like know. you morons. Anyway, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. So he's like, you really should not have done that. And I was like, I, I mean, it tasted weird. And he's like, oh my god. And he just like oh shook his god. head. And like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, who's gonna know? Like, no one's gonna know. And then I'm like, well, I want to belong. And so I ate the wafer. I don't know. And like, <laughs> oh my god, you just you struck me down TikTok. by God. <laughs> who's gonna know um yeah. <laughs> you survived yeah. and you know I've been to Catholic services though specifically I'm thinking of a wedding where they said like if you are not whatever it is Catholic we ask that you refrain from taking communion totally totally yeah, that so. would have been a good memo yeah I would have appreciated that that would have been a good little signal. I don't know. There's so much standing up, sitting down, speaking, and then not speaking, and then singing, and then saying things. And I'm like, oh, this is intense, but also cool. I mean, I, I yeah, I just that was what was your experience when you were growing up? Like, were, were you forced to be in? I don't want to say forced, but like organized religion, coercive religion. Uh, I Mm, I participated in organized religion as part of my upbringing. I'll just put it that way. My mother's very, very, very United Methodist. And I say it that way because she's retired. She's in her mid seventies. And yet she's on Zoom every single day because she's on a million committees with her, with her church, with the Northern Illinois conference, with the larger Methodist Church of the United States. She's on some international stuff. She is in the United Methodist Women. Like she's just very involved. And I feel like it was good modeling for me in so many ways because I obviously am also involved in a lot of things. Like I'm always juggling a lot of things. And so it was fun to like, you know, have that watch her always be really active. And I mean, we went to church every Sunday. I forget at what age the same thing. I was just like, "Mm, no, you're good. Like, um, um, good not doing this anymore and I I certainly have never gone back to it and I when I do when I I like going to United Methodist churches as an adult because there is some nostalgia to it and yeah I recognize the 
hymns and it's all the same stuff. And I will tell you, I think all churches, I will say, I would hazard guess that, or maybe if you, I mean, you went to more, more denominations, maybe I shouldn't say it <laughs> this way, but you know, I will say this, United Methodists have joys and concerns. So that, that yes, you're describing joys and concerns. The, Joys and that's what they call so, them. Yes, that's what that's what they said. They're not like saying sharing your feelings. That is joys and sorrows or joys and concerns. I think that's what it was. Oh my gosh, Karen. I haven't yes. heard that term in a long time. I know. As soon as you just started describing it, I was like, oh, right. Joys and concerns. My grandparents' church in Alabama, they their denomination is Church of Christ. I don't know if it's other than thing. It's, it's a lot. Uh, they had a very similar thing. People stood up and Ex- expressed their feelings. And yeah. I told you this story really quickly. I'll share it now. I, I'm not gonna lie, y'all, I did not want to go to church. My, obviously my grandmother's funeral was in church. She was very active in church herself. That was Saturday. And my grandfather said later in the day that he wanted to go to church on Sunday. And I was like, oh, uh-uh, see, you know, <laughs> I already, uh-uh. there's been a lot of praying. I already went to the service. And then he said, I want to thank everyone for how kind they were. And I was like, oh. okay. All right, Grandpa, probably going to church. Let's go. All right. Like, I'm like, I'm going to say to him, like, no, we're not going. So yeah. I had been promised that this was going to be an hour, that their church service was only an hour. We hit like the hour mark. And I'm like, this wasn't so bad. It was like meditating. It's totally fine. And I told you this, Katie, at the very end, the last, the last note of the last hymn, this young woman stands up and it's like, Pastor Roberts, I'd like to accept Jesus Christ, whatever she said. Oh, gosh. Yes. Which triggered unbeknownst to me i'm looking around because this flurry of activity starts because it means that she's about to get baptized and i was like oh what no 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 uh-uh, we're done here lady you need sister abernathy i need you to sit back down you can do this next week I'm out. <laughs> and i told my friends the story and they're like so did you sneak out i'm like what i'm gonna shove my grandfather down the handicap route we gotta go. <laughs> I was told this was an hour Okay. So then the pageantry though, that just like spontaneously happened near the altar or the stage. I well, don't know what they call it. I mean, it. that was the pulpit, I guess is what pulpit. you call it. It's Thank this you. raised right area where the pastor stands. And as soon as he was just like, okay. And they like, like I said, they whisk her away to this room and he's like, you know, it might be a little cold. And he, I know shit. He reaches behind him and he's like, oh no, no, it's on. It's warm. There's like a baptism pool, just like ready to go right behind him the whole time. And I was like, what is going on? Oh my God. That's crazy. Had you seen that baptism pool? Like while he was talking, like it just, no, I think if this is a Cirque du Soleil show, I really do. (laughs) This is, oh, (laughs) She like jumps in from like a trapeze. This is, I know I should not be making fun. Oh my God. Lower her in like pink. Do you remember yes. pink did that circus show? Oh my God. Yes. Wow. <gasps> I mean, that, <laughs> that is unbelievable. So then she gets baptized. Do you watch her get baptized or is yeah, everyone no, just, it's, you can it's, see it. Like it's all, it's just right there. Yeah. It's in front of God and everybody like they just, and, and it was really, I will say like, I, I had this very visceral reaction to like him basically shoving this young woman's face underwater. Like I did not oh, like that. Like, no, but there's this whole, you know, there's some scripture about the something about water transforming you. And like, you are not the same person after this as you were before and all that, like that, that transformative aspect of it. But I just, there was something about the, like, yeah, the shoving in water, but she was wearing a shower cap. They, I don't remember what she was wearing. I know you asked me, but she was wearing like a swimming suit. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> 
like she was like wearing a beautiful dress and then like boom like batman style just like takes it off and she's like in a perfect one piece no she wasn't like was she like in the like all the way in like up to her waist no i no i she was standing there i gotta figure out the logistics of this because i don't feel like she got that wet but they definitely put her in something else oh wow it it didn't take as long as i feared it was gonna take i was like oh god so it was very quick we sang some songs about it. I don't know what happened after that, but then she was in this receiving line after church and everybody was congratulating her and welcoming her into the church and all this. And I was just like, man, I, nothing prepared me for that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was happening today. Fascinating. Oh my gosh. Also like if you were ready for, you didn't want to go first. Second, (laughs) you were ready for an hour. You were like, okay, grandpa, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden, bam, there's like a swimming show happening, like <laughs> just a circus, Cirque du Soleil, a Cirque yeah. du Soleil show, just like happen at the pulpit, like, and you have no options, like you cannot leave. No, there's no. It's like, how can you? How can you leave when someone says that they're willing to accept God into their life, like or into their heart? Like that's right, exactly yeah. right. Like, and I was also kind of like fascinated, like, oh my gosh, what happens now? What? Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, totally. that is so fascinating I also think it's really interesting though like to like talk about spirit like you had mentioned before we had recorded to talk about spirituality as well and like there's something to be said for like the reverence that church indoctrinates us to like there's like you know that everyone is there for like they're all respecting the same thing like they're there in a very like um I don't even know what to like. It's almost, it's a ritualistic, you know, like activity. And I think for me, like as someone who doesn't ascribe to an organized religion, like I still believe in the power of the universe, like, and people could be like, well, no, actually you're, that's just God. Like you're believing in God. And it's like, okay, well, I like to say the universe rather than God. That makes me personally feel more comfortable. But like, at the same time, like, I just, I think there's something to it. That's actually pretty beautiful. You know, like I, I had shared something about this on Instagram this morning where I believe in signs. Like I do believe that there is a connection between people who have passed away and people who are still living. And like, specifically with my grandmother, who I talk about all the time, like she, I feel like I receive signs or I get signs from her or anything like that. Like when, you know, I see different things. And this morning I saw this bumper sticker that like alluded to the upper peninsula of Michigan. And it like gave me a really warm and fuzzy feeling. And like yesterday I had a really hard day and I met someone who was exceptionally kind and like, like kind in a way that was like, like startlingly kind. And I was like, wow. And like, I actually came home and I was like, Tyler, I think I like crossed paths with this person because my grandmother sent her to me. And he was like, maybe so. And it's like, he doesn't make fun of me for that, which I really appreciate because I don't think he ascribes to that, but like, that makes me feel better. And like, and it just feels like that's very, there's something, there's a real connection there. Like, I don't know what it is. And I don't want to say that I'm religious, but at the same time, I'm happy to say I'm spiritual. And I'm happy to say that I believe in spirits and I believe in like the universe. And I I don't know where the line is. I, maybe I don't need to know. Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by, yes, listeners, this is a real sponsor slot series, the Indiegogo um, fundraising campaign for Rebellious Magazine for Women. So if you don't know, 
of course, I'm not okay. The podcast is actually a podcast of rebellious. And so that is the reason why we are in existence. And that is the reason why we even were started by the beautiful Karen Hawkins. And so really by donating to this Indiegogo campaign, it's really helping us. It's helping to fund um, the operating expenses for Rebellious Magazine for Women. The goal for us is $5,000 of, you know, in this campaign, please consider donating. Even a dollar makes a difference. $5 is even better. Whatever you can donate, we're going to put a description of, um, or excuse me, a link to the Indiegogo campaign in the description of this podcast. And we will also link it on our Instagram. Um, but we only have until May 4th. We're only a little bit over halfway there. Um, so we need at least $2,500 more to get um, to our goal of $5,000. Please consider donating. Um, it will help us. It will help Rebellious and it will help create some incredible stories um, for the greater good. So thank you so much in advance. Maybe that's the beauty of it is that it's yeah. indescribable. I mean, people believe in people who believe in organized religion. Oh my God, it's snowing. Believe in things that. Oh God. <laughs> really? So, really? so sorry. <sighs> Just started. Um, right. Believe in things seen and unseen. And, you know, you believe in miracles and all these things. And I don't, I can't, I, I must have talked about this on the pod. I mean, we've done 80, however many episodes, but, you know, I, was with some friends once and their sister, Amy Mo, I don't think you're listening to this, but so my friend's father was a pastor. She grew up very religious and her mother and her sister are both very active in the church still. Yeah. And listening to them talk about church made me think exactly all of the things that you just said, Katie, the belonging, the community, how they're there for each other. Like she was, I think that what she was talking about was like, Somebody, one of the moms at church was sick and the rest of the moms were carting her kids back and forth. Wow. Right. Like this That's kind amazing. of amazing, right, right. Like the coming together of it. And I came back to Chicago. This, I was visiting a friend in Ohio. I came back to Chicago and talked to a group of friends about like the beauty of this community. So we started calling ourselves church. Like yes. this group of friends were church. Right. And so I've talked about the church ladies, my church friends, like, I don't mean real church, like, but we just call ourselves church and it's really to embody this sense of community and like you're talking about like respect for a common thing and all of these things and it's just it is really beautiful and I feel like you know church is part of the reason I live is the reason not even part of it those people are the reason I live where I live I picked this neighborhood because I'm in walking distance I was in walking distance Emily now you've left stuff but was when walking distance of like where they all live and work and that was yes. really important to me that this community of people so yeah, it's pretty amazing. I love that so much. I also love that you named the group of friends that you love so much church like that. Like it makes so much sense. Like it's just, it's like, it's one word and you don't even, there's like, it. it's so intuitive. Like, I think that it makes so much sense to like say that and to name that. I think it's so smart. And also you are all like incredible badasses that have like manifested the shit out of your lives, which it seems at least what you've told me, it's like, that's like no joke. So yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it incredible. Very powerful. And of course, one of the church rituals that we have is we burnt it. Yeah. We go into each other's backyards and write things down. You know, when I've talked about like writing your dreams and the things you want to let go of down on pieces of paper and burning them, like those are the church ladies. And yeah, there, there is something to be said for that kind of having that kind of energy in your life. Totally. It's so positive. 
it's like so positive and there's no, no one makes you wrong for it. You know, like, there's just like, that's such a beautiful thing. Like life is hard. Like, you know, like being an adult is tough being any age, but like, really it's just like, and then I think it's also like dealing with the like inputs of life. Like it's like, it's a filter almost of, or it seems like that a filter of like what you let in and what you don't. And like, I have that with some of my good friends. Like I know I've mentioned before where I have this group of friends where we talk um, on zoom for a half hour every Monday morning. And it's really grounding for me. And like, they're all either East coast or in the Bay area. And so we can't see each other, but like, it's, and I don't think of it, I guess as church, but kind of, because it's like, it's like, we can say whatever we want and it's 30 minutes and then we're done. And then, you know, sometimes we're able to hop on other times a week, but usually not, but it's like, it's just really, really nice. Like nothing that we say is wrong. Like, it's just, it's really kind of magical in a way. It's interesting because this makes me think of like there being an evolution in our generation, like of something different because it's, you know, there are, I definitely have friends and I, I definitely, this conversation is making me think of, you know, bringing up religion with my friends, like maybe discussing it because I'm just interested in like what I don't know about them, if they do practice or if they don't, or if there's reasons for it. But also like, I do feel like the more people the more I do talk about this with people, the more I realize that they have very close knit groups of friends or that they call family and that they're like, and, or I don't know, it's just, they're trying to recreate it in different ways, I guess. Ooh, yes, that's exactly it. Yes. And how do you, I mean, it is an interesting question of if you're not religious, how, how do you build that kind of community? Like that kind of tight knit, what we're describing community Yes, as an adult, where where else do you get that? that yes. church? Well, that's the thing. It's like, it also church creates like a vulnerable space. Like you can actually be honest with like the shit that you're going through or the happiness that you're experiencing. And I find that, that, that is like a real blind spot right now for me and for like coming to bend and not knowing very many people. And like, I'm finding lately that like the way that I'm hanging out with people is usually when like we're at a bar and a lot of drinking is involved. And like, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm not being negative towards drinking, but I kind of am because I'm like, I just, I want to actually just have normal conversations with people. Like if we're having a couple beers, cool, but like, I don't want it to have to, it have to include that. Like, I think mm -hmm. I want to have like more like depth and more like realness, I guess, with people. And it's a little bit tough sometimes. Ooh. I love this idea of how do you recreate that? How do you meet people? How do you connect with people? How do you build real relationships with people? Not over alcohol, without church. And I'm being like book club, but that's not quite it. Like discussion groups, but like, I love your Monday morning. Oh, I just adore that. The Monday morning meetings. Yeah. But yeah, how else, how else do you do it? Well, it's totally interesting that you say the book club thing. Cause it's like, I definitely have friends who their book club is their church. Like that is, mm. and it's, that's awesome. Like, I think there's, there's book club, there's like, you know, sports clubs or something like that, or like I, maybe volunteer organizations. I don't know. It feels a little wild Westy to me because it's like, it's, I mean, I really feel like if it was a hundred years ago, this wouldn't even be a conversation. Like it would be, we would be going to church and that's just what we would do. And that's the end. But it's like, it's kind of beautiful. Like that's a beautiful thing to not have an option, I guess, like in a way, maybe, I don't know if I really believe that statement, but like at the same time, I just think that like right now we have so many options and there's so much isolation 
that happens like with all of us, like we're all spread out everywhere. And like, it's just, it doesn't feel as communal, I guess, life mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like it makes so much sense to me that you would move near the church ladies. Like that's a beautiful thing. Like that act is incredible. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's so much fun to be up here and yeah, to have them close by. And I feel very fortunate, obviously. And oh, I'm just fascinated by this question because I feel like I at various points in my life have tried to recreate that like I started a women's co-working space at one point yeah. I've done parties I've done meetups all those kinds of things but hmm. yeah totally I'm the same way I've thrown parties I've done salons at my house I've done all this stuff like I, I used to have like a Friday pizza night where I would just like send out an email to a ton of people and people would come and then it's like it wasn't until I started going to this co-working space the hybrid in like north of San Francisco that I definitely started to feel that way and like like a real community and now I have a lot of really great friends from that community um but that's kind of like a church like it's kind of like we would go multiple times a week and see each other and so I don't know. It's an interesting question. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear what other people have to say about this too. Like how do they find their communities if they're not religious? And what impact if you were raised religious and you're not now active in a church, what impact do you feel like that's had on your life and you, the way you build relationships and the way you move through the world? Like I, I'm really curious about it. And I, I used to have this thing. It's weird. I had used to strangely have this thing where I wondered how people, this is going to sound so dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. I I used to wonder how people raised their children to be good people if they didn't raise them religious. Yes. Because I think everything, that's a great question. Yeah. I feel like I learned about do unto others as you'd have them do unto you and being a good person and being generous and being a helper and watching my mother be so active. And I feel like all of that I got from church, not from school. Yep. <laughs> fucking bullies everywhere. Right. And yes. now of course I realize there are a million ways to raise your children to be good humans, but it's interesting. Like I, I can't deny the impact of being raised Methodist on my life and who I am as a person, Same. even though I'm not active now. I can't deny the impact of Catholicism on my dad mm-hmm. and like how he raised me. And like, and then also like the, it's the intergenerational stuff. Like, it's like my mom's mom was very religious. And so therefore my guess is that those morals come with her and then they, you know, impact my mom and they impact me. Like, it's, that's fascinating. Like, that's so, so interesting. And that actually like leads me to, and I know we have to go, but like, it leads me to another thing where a lot of my friends who have children early in the times where their kids are growing up often we'll have conversations of like, we need to raise our child in the church or we need to raise our child not in the church. And sometimes that's not like a, an agreement between two people who are raising a child, like for the exact though reason that you're talking about, like there is a built in moral system or code that is created by the church. And I think that's valuable in a lot of ways. Well, and a lot of churches have great youth programs. Totally. Right. Like I used to go I don't know how much it costs. I can imagine it wasn't very expensive. Every summer I went to vacation Bible school. Yeah. Right. And that was how a week or however long that my mother didn't have to worry about what to do with me during the day. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. Amazing youth programs and you make really good friends. And I mean, I didn't, but I think, yeah, I absolutely get why people raise their children in churches, even if they're not religious. Cause it's just like, we need to lean on this community and have totally. our children be decent people. 
vacation Bible school is the <laughs> shit. I was, when I was Methodist for a couple of years, I went to vacation Bible school. I remember dipping candles and like, I did all, oh, it's fun. I liked it. Like, I, I mean, in my brief stint as a Methodist, I definitely, I like experienced that, but it's interesting because with Tyler, like his parents both grew up so strict and it, it, like strictly Baptist. And then he went to church until he was probably like 10. But one of the things I remember him always telling me is that he was taught by every single adult in his family, that if you ever answer an adult, you always follow it by ma'am or sir. And that's Mm -hmm. it. Like, it's like, yes, ma'am. No, sir. Yes, sir. Like that kind of stuff. And to the point where like, when he, like, he likes that he grew up that way. Like that was like, it was, it was like a, I don't want to say punitive, but it was like, there wasn't an op, like you'd get in trouble if you didn't say that. And there was never like, yeah, saying yeah, was like, really not okay. And so like to this day, I will hear Tyler say yes, sir, to his father, like in my presence. And I don't think it's it's just, it's instinctual and like, yes, ma'am to his mother. And it's like, that's nice. Like that's, I think that's a good value to like respect your elders, frankly. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that that definitely came from a church influence. Mm. At least I think so. That's so, it's actually very endearing. And it, yeah. what it reminds me of is in the South, like how, like to my cousin's children, for instance, I'm Miss Karen. Yes. And my grandmother is Miss Annie and Mr. Paul, Mr. Colt, Miss Colt. Like, I feel like they're very big on the titles and there's just a sweetness and a warmth to that, that I feel like we just don't, we don't do that up here. Like I was so shocked. It, like I took my grandfather to the dentist. I was in so many doctor's appointments, y'all. Wow. And the woman was calling him Paul. And I was so shocked that she wasn't saying Mr. Cole because Ooh. every other place, I mean, he, he ended up loving this woman. He was so <laughs> mad about going to the dentist. He did not want to go. He was so annoyed with me. And by the end of it, and he, like, he was so mad about it. And at the end of it, he says to her, I want you to make sure, I want to make sure that I see you when I come back. Oh, that's wonderful. Right. It was so adorable watching this woman win him over, but yeah, everywhere else it was Mr. Paul or Mr. Cole, or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's just a Southern thing. I don't know if that's a church thing, but yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. I like that. I like it when people call me Miss Katie, I'm like, Ooh, like that's, that's interesting. Like what, like a kid, like having a kid call me that I'm like, Oh, Yes. Like it's just, it's uncommon now, but anyway, this is such a lively combo. I really actually feel like we could talk about this for so much longer, Karen. I know we have to go, but it's really nice chatting. Right. I knew it was going to be fun to talk about this with you. Yes. It was right. So thank you. Thank you so much for bringing it up. And Listeners, I hope that you enjoyed it as well. I'm sure you have a lot of opinions, which we would love to hear. So reach out because I actually think this could be the start of something. Like, I think it's really interesting and talking about the community aspect is fascinating. So anywho, all right. Well, everyone have a great week. We'll see you next time.